0: Uh, Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, if you would, please. Romans chapter 5, The series we've been doing on Sunday morning, has to do with God's uh, plan, God's purpose in the lives of those whom he has redeemed. And, And we're going to look a little more carefully... At uh, the first eleven verses of Romans chapter five. You know, sometimes we get so familiar with uh, what we know and what we believe, and uh, and our our um, our comfort level as believers, and that's not bad. But sometimes I think we get so so uh, comfortable with it all that we that we fail to realize how special some of what he's done, what the Lord has done for us, is. Um, And um, sometimes we take for granted God's goodness in our lives. Uh, And we don't think that there's a need to talk to the Lord or to communicate with him. He communicates to us through his word, but sometimes we have a tendency to communicate with him, uh, in a general sense, whenever we need something. If there's something going on in our lives that are causing us some some discomfort, or, uh, or you know, we have a, a, a significant need, then we are quick to pray about it. There will be times when we pray and just thank the Lord for all of the good things that he does for us and the things that are ours. One of those things is the freedom to pray. It's the fact that we have that that open line of communication with him. Um, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11 uh, is a very personal uh, portion of Scripture. Paul writes it in a very personal way. If you go back to chapter 4, beginning with verse number 1, you'll notice it says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And then Paul goes on in all of chapter 4, He talks about Abraham and principles regarding what Abraham uh, gained as a result of his faith. It was a situation where Abraham trusted God. He believed God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So when, when Abraham believed God... He was exercising in faith in things that he had not seen. That he did not know. He did not know what was coming. Uh, the Lord told him to get up and leave, and he got up and left, and and uh, and just took steps as God guided him, and he eventually ended up where God wanted him. Um, but all of chapter four, it's talking about Abraham and all these things that were done, and then we come down to verse number twenty-three. And then everything changes in verses 1 through 11 of chapter 5. I want you to notice, we're just going to read verses 1 through 11, and I want you to notice as we read how many times you find the word we, our, or us in, in these verses. Chapter 4, he doesn't say anything about us or, or we or ours until he gets down to verses 24 and 25. But in chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, everything is, is, it comes from a, a personal standpoint. It's, he's communicating it from a personal standpoint. So look, we're, we're just going to read through it. I want you to notice how many times we see the word we, our, or us. Look at verse number 1 of chapter 5. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, therefore, since all this is true about Abraham, And we are justified by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. For when we when we were yet sinners, or I'm sorry, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners. That's a pretty substantial list of things that we have. Things that God has given to us. Things that are ours. And and some of those things are qualified because of what he said about Abraham. Abraham got what he had. What happened with him happened because he believed God. And all of these things that we're talking about here are ours. Because we believed God. Very specific Paul is in discussing those, uh, those things. So, this evening I want to go through and list several things. Um, I think I've got seven things listed here. Um, maybe six things. Seven things. Seven things listed here in these 11 verses, that God has given us for which we ought to be very grateful and that sometimes I think we just take for granted. Look again at verse number 1. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith and peace are connected. Without faith, there is no peace. If you go over to Philippians chapter 4, where it talks about faith, uh, Paul says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So Paul says... Be convinced that God will take care of you. He'll meet your needs. Don't don't spend your life being stressed out over things over which you have no control. We, uh, We control a lot of things in our lives. And some people only have comfort or only have peace if they're in control of every situation. When things get out of their control, they go they go bananas because they, they feel like they, they, they don't have the ability to determine what's going to happen. But that's life. That's the way it is. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I would like to know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. I make plans as if I know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I have an expectation that for the most part, those plans are going to, going to work. But, uh, but we really don't know. The point is that we can trust God to take care of tomorrow, even if our plans don't work the way we think they ought to. So faith and peace are connected. There is no peace without faith. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then look at verse number two. Here's the second thing. Not only do we have peace It says, by whom also we have access, again, by faith, into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So not only do we have peace, that is, knowing that God is going to take care of our needs, but we have access by faith into this grace. Uh, Hebrews 4 and verse 16 says let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That grace that is there to help us in a time of need is a result of our faith. If we don't believe then we're not going to receive the grace that we need. Um Are you convinced that God has what he needs to solve every problem that you may have to give you the direction and the the wisdom that you need for every situation? Um, Having that confidence can give us peace and give us comfort, but it does not mean that we should not communicate to him regarding our faith in him the fact that we trust Him. I read a story about a, a family that went, took their kids to Grandma's house for a meal. I don't know if it's Thanksgiving or whatever. But anyway, they went in and Grandma put the food on the table and um, and the son, who was there, sat down at the table and immediately grabbed the food and started digging in. I mean, he was, he was eating right off the bat. And uh, Mother said to him, son, hang on a minute. You know we don't do that. We don't just grab our food and eat. We say grace before we eat. We pray before we eat. And the little boy said, yeah, I know we do at our house, but grandma knows how to cook. Well, God knows how to take care of our problems. That doesn't mean we just forget about it and not, not be grateful to Him or not not, uh, not, uh, not communicate with Him. Anyway, we have, we have access into that grace because of our faith. Our faith provides us with that, that access. But not only that, verse number 3 says not only so, But we glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. We glory in tribulations. That's an odd thing. Most people don't do that. Most people are are unhappy when tribulation comes. Um, What does James say? That we're to, to... when we are tempted, we're to, to, to be joyful about it. We're to, we're to glory in temptation. We're supposed to be, uh, be conscious of the benefits of temptation. Uh, we have a tendency to think that temptation or tribulation, uh, same kind of idea, are all bad. But they're not always bad. Tribulation, the Bible says, Paul says, we're to glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, how is it that we have that confidence that the tribulation is going to work patience, and that the patience is going to to work experience and experience oh how do, how do we know that that's going to be the way it works? Well it's because again it's because of our faith. We put our faith in God we, we trust the Lord and that faith helps us to deal with difficult situations. Faith gives us peace, faith, Allows us access to the throne of God. Faith gives us confidence that the tribulation that we deal with is going to be helpful. Uh, this past year, we you know we talked about uh, before the year ended. We talked about couldn't wait for twenty twenty one to come because everything was going to be changed. It's going to be good. You know, twenty twenty was bad, but twenty twenty one is going to be good. Have you ever you ever stopped to think about what? Benefit may have come from the events that transpired in 2020. They were not pleasant experiences. I didn't like what happened. But did they not provide tribulation? And did it not work patience within us? Did it not provide an experience from which we learned certain things? And did it not help us to turn our attention more toward our God? And to look to Him for help for for what we needed, then we should rejoice in what happened in that time because it benefited us in the long run. Um, we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Verse number six, then we have this little. Interlude verses six, seven, and eight, where the apostle Paul talks about the reason that all of this is true. Verse number six: For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even die, dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Jesus said in the book of John, talking to his disciples, shortly before he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. But Jesus didn't just lay down his life for his friends. This says that when we were without strength, Um, due time Christ died for the ungodly it goes on in verse number 10 he says for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God Jesus when he died he wasn't dying just for his friends he was dying for those who would have been counted his enemies when he died on the cross he looked down at the people who were crucifying him and said to his heavenly father father forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus was dying for the very people who were crucifying him because of his love for them. And so, um, Jesus died for us uh, even though we were his enemies. God committed his love toward us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then he changes tone just a little bit. First of all, at the beginning, chapter 5, he said we're justified by faith. We have access by faith into this grace where we stand. Um, We glory in tribulations because of our faith. All of those things are because of our faith. We have those privileges because of our faith. But then everything changes a little bit when we get down into verse number 9. He says, much more than being now justified By his blood. Now compare that with verse number 1. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, there's a different benefit that comes from that. It's not peace. Peace comes from our faith. The grace that we need to deal with what goes on comes from our faith. The, 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 The ability to deal with tribulation comes from our faith. There's something else, something different that is ours as a result of the fact that we're justified by his blood. And what is that? Look again at verse number nine. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's a couple of different ways that that's true. Number one, it means that we're going to be saved from having, we will not have to to pay for our sins because Jesus died for us. He paid our sin debt when he died on the cross. So when the the time, the the great white throne judgment comes, when all the dead are raised, then uh, the judgment's going to be made based on whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, then your name will be written there and you will not have to pay for your sin because Christ already paid that debt on our behalf. But not only that, I personally believe that this verse means that we are going to be saved from the wrath that's going to come during the tribulation period. I believe in a pre tribulation rapture. I believe that Jesus is going to come in the clouds and we are going to the dead in Christ shall rise first. We're gonna those of us who are alive and remain are gonna be caught up together uh, with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we're gonna we're gonna go with him. And uh, and that is the only thing that has to happen before the tribulation begins. There is nothing that has to happen before the rapture. The rapture is imminent. Imminent. It's imminent. You want to make sure you don't get your N's and m's back. You know, crossed up there. The rapture is imminent. I mean, it could could happen at any time. It could happen before we get done with the service tonight. And uh, and so there no there are no there are no no signs for that. There are signs for the for the second coming, which happens at least seven years after the rapture. But the rapture could happen at any time. And the Bible says, Paul says here, that we shall be saved from wrath. The tribulation period is going to be a terrible time of destruction and suffering and death. And, uh, and, and, and I believe the Lord's going to remove us from that before it happens, so we will not have to go through it. In fact, the Bible says that when he comes back, at the end of the tribulation period there's going to be a battle and we're going to come back with him. And uh, at that point he'll set up his millennial kingdom and we will help to rule and reign with him during that time. And so uh, because of his blood, the Bible says we shall be saved from wrath through him. His blood is what cleansed us. The shedding of his blood is what paid our sin debt so we don't have to pay it. So We are saved from wrath. Then in verse number 10 it says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled by the death of his son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. Two things are mentioned here. First of all is the reconciliation to God. It's the fact that we gain a relationship that we did not have before. And I talk about that a lot, but I think that's important. That's the the most significant thing that happens in the life of a believer when he gets saved. That's, uh, that's the, the thing that makes everything else possible. We're reconciled to God, which means that our, uh, we've, been, we've been redeemed, our, our sin has been paid for, and we have been regenerated, which means we have new life, a man before salvation, or he puts his trust in Christ, he's dead in his sins. But when we got saved, we were quickened, and uh, we were given new life, and uh, things were different for us. So we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. But it also says, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, what does that mean? It's talking about, I believe, the example of his life and the evidence of what his life demonstrated is true not just for him but for us. And that is when Jesus died on the cross, they took his body down off of the cross and they took it and they put it in a tomb, and rolled uh, and a, a, a roll of stone in front of it so that the disciples couldn't come and steal it away. And um, and then after uh, three days, uh, the Bible says that uh, some of the women went to anoint his body. It was after the Sabbath. And so uh, they, they couldn't do it on the Sabbath. So they had to wait. And they went to uh, anoint his body on the first day of the week. And when they got there, the stone was rolled away. And when John and, and, and Peter got there later to look at the tomb. They found out that he was not there. The grave clothes were there, but he was not there. Which means that not only did he pay our sin debt in his death, but his resurrection demonstrates that he conquered death. He, he, he gained a victory over death. He gained a victory over sin. He gained a victory over hell. And all of those things are ours, and they're demonstrated by his life. We don't have to worry about hell. We don't have to worry about our sin. That's all taken care of. But we still have this flesh. And our flesh is going to die if the Lord does not return. And uh, and that's one of those things that is still... For us a mystery, but in Hebrews, uh, the Lord Paul writes that the Lord has given us victory over the fear of death. There are people who live in fear all of their lives. There's coming to die. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to die, and they were they're concerned about it, and they and they fear death. But we as believers should not fear death because He has conquered death. And he demonstrated that by his resurrection from the dead. Now I don't know what happens specifically when a person dies. The best information we have is the information that was given to us uh, from the Lord Jesus regarding Lazarus. Well the Bible says that Lazarus died and uh, he was taken by the angel into Abraham's bosom. And uh, and we know that after Lazarus' death, that he had a physical presence because he had a finger that he could dip in water because that's what uh, the rich man wanted him to do and put it on, on his tongue. Uh, Lazarus was able to communicate. He was able to see. They wanted wanted send Lazarus back to his brothers, the rich man did, so they don't come to this terrible place. Uh, so he had a physical presence. He was conscious in that situation. And, uh, and that's the only experience of death that Scripture tells us about. That's, that's, that's the best revelation we have. So what I believe is that when we die, that the angel will take us into the Lord's presence. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 talks about angels that minister to us and uh, and that uh, and they minister to those who shall be heirs for heirs of salvation. so uh, I think they're minister they're angels who minister to us right now they help us we don't we don't see them physically and we don't uh, know exactly what they're doing but uh, I think if we get to heaven we're going to find out that we had a great deal of aid that we didn't know about and so, uh his his life demonstrates that there's no no reason for us to to fear death and uh, and then verse number 11 says and not only so but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement we have received the atonement our sins have been taken care of. Um, Life on this earth has a a number of challenges. But one of the biggest challenges that you and I as believers have, even after salvation, is our battle with our flesh. And we uh, we don't always win the victory. I don't know about you, but there are times when I fail. And uh, that's part of, of a human, having human, human flesh. Uh, Paul in Romans chapter 7 talked about that, the battle that he had. And he cried out almost in despair, Who shall deliver me from the body of this flesh? Well, the deliverance will come when, uh, when the Lord returns and, and we gain new bodies. Uh, but we have received the atonement. That is, our sins are forgiven. Jesus was our substitute, and we don't have to worry about our sin. Well, the greatest blessings when we are in the presence of God is that we're no longer going to have that battle with our flesh. So these are all things. I mean, the, the, the... but uh, because of our faith, we have peace. Because of our faith, we have grace. Because of our faith, we can glory in the tribulations that we have because we know that the tribulation is going to uh, culminate in a, in a good thing for us. And uh, because we are justified by his blood, we have, have uh, the, the assurance that we're saved from wrath. And, and uh, we have been reconciled to God through the death of his Son. And we can rejoice in the fact that we are not going to have to pay for our sins. Those are all very personal things. That uh, I think sometimes because we read them over and we see them all the time, we know their basic truths, that we get kind of comfortable with them. But any one of those things ought to be enough to make us rejoice abundantly because of what God has given us. Uh, we have far more than we realize, and so the next time somebody asks, "Do you know the Lord?" you say, "Yes, I know the Lord," and that's a that's a reason for tremendous joy. And think about all of what that means: um, uh, the peace that we have, uh, the access to the throne, uh, the promises, the assurances of, of sins forgiven. Of new life that's coming uh, don't have to worry about death he's conquered death uh, they're just they're just so many things and Paul kind of wraps them all up in a in a neat little bundle there in Romans 5 1 through 11 and I wanted you to notice them in a very specific way and it's very personal it's we and us and ours uh, and that's because of our because of our. Salvation, a relationship to the Lord. And what a great thing that is. Let's stand together, heads bowed, eyes closed.